Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. This evening, I have a contemplation in my spirit to share with you about um, a few things. And um, if you are very conversant with the mission of TSP, the mission says unfolding the mystery of Christ, of the gospel of Christ, and experiencing grace for dominion. So we're very particular about the message of the gospel, the message of the gospel. And a lot of people think they know the gospel, but they don't know the gospel. It's a common saying to say, uh, it's a common saying that pastors say when they say, I preach the gospel. But you see, the gospel is very clear, especially in the new covenant. The gospel means good news. In fact, if you interpret the gospel, it also means too good to be true. So when you're told something that is too good to be true, that's gospel. Hallelujah. And in the, in, in the standpoint church, we're very particular about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's where dominion is given to the believer. It's from the gospel that we understand righteousness. It's from the gospel we understand um, the, the place that the believer is in Christ Jesus. It's in the gospel. Hallelujah. So can you look at your neighbor for me and say... It's in the gospel that I have been made righteous. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, or you can help me project Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Alright, it says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Um, friends, I want to tell you something very sound and very profound, especially when it comes to your doctrine. And I want you to take this with all um, um, openness of heart. Because what I'm going to tell you in a few minutes is basically in the scriptures. And this is the perspective that I want you to have when you are dealing with God and analyzing the things of your faith. Your perspective is very important. You must have the right perspective to scriptures and to what scriptures mean. Now, Colossians 2, can you use the amplified version? Let me show you what exactly or how it puts this verse in the Amplified. It says, See to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourself captive by his so-called philosophy. There's a lot of philosophy in churches today. Yeah? There's a lot of um, doctrine that you hear out there. There's a lot of preaching you hear out there. But there must be a base of truth 
with which you interpret whatever you hear. So, Paul is writing to the Colossian church that um, they see to it that no one carries them away all right, by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceits. It's not about how much the pastor can speak grammar. It's not about how much he's articulate. I hope he's articulate. I hope he can speak. I hope he can do all of that. But the most important thing is what he is saying. The most important thing is his doctrine. On what basis of truth is the doctrine resting on? That's what you should be concerned about. So, he says, idle fancies and plain nonsense. Following human tradition. Men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teaching of Christ. Now, can I ask you something from what you've seen on the multimedia screen? What is the teaching that you must be focused on? The teaching of who? Of Christ. If it is not consistent with the teaching of Christ, you have my permission not to take it. Why? Because that is what we as New Covenant believers must focus on. The teachings of Christ. The teachings of Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. Um, let's go, to, let's use the um, King James Version or New King James. Yes. This is Paul says that I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Is it from the one who called you? Huh? From him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. To a different gospel. The real gospel is about the grace of Christ. That's the real gospel. If Jesus is not the center of the gospel, then that's not your gospel. If you can't see Jesus in the teaching, that's not your gospel. So Paul is writing to a people who embraced the gospel at one point. And after a while, they started to hear something else. Some preachers, some teachers, some pastors came and misled them to a different gospel. Look at the next verse. It says, which is not another. Now, it means that there is actually only one gospel. Did you get it? Oh, the way you're looking at me like you're not following what I'm saying. Start again from verse 6. Let me show. Let me show. Start again. It says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. The next verse. Which is not another. So he's actually saying to you that the only gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. You know, when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, or we preach the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is also called the gospel of grace. So when we preach the gospel, they say that where, where our doctrine is perverted, that we don't have our theology right. But that's not correct. They are the ones who 
is not correct. They are the ones who need to align their doctrine or get their doctrines right. Verse 8. Verse eight. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him what? Somebody talk to me. Say it loud. It says, let him be accursed. The Greek word there says, let him be excommunicated. In fact, my mentor, when he was teaching me on the issues of the gospel, he's very passionate about the doctrine, especially when you know the gospel and you have chosen not to preach the gospel. He will, he's very passionate about fighting them. So he says, don't have anything to do with them. Don't have and don't eat with them. Let him be told away. This is Bible. I'm coming. Verse 9. Verse 9. As we have said before, so now I say again. If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to define what gospel means because, um, like I said to you, some people feel that gospel is Christianity. Gospel is not Christianity. Or let me put it this way. Um, gospel is not, is not the religion that is associated with Christianity. There is a message that gospel carries, which I'm going to unveil. All right. So he says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Verse 10. For do I now persuade men or persuade God or God? Or do I seek to please men? You know, they say, they say um, the gospel that we preach is pleasing to men. That's the way it's been switched now. That the gospel of grace is a gospel that pleases man. And they say especially the young people, the young man. But it is the other gospel that is displeasing to God. If you want to call it the other gospel. For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. So what is the gospel? Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Now I want us to read this together. Are you ready? I want to go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, when he says he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he's not necessarily saying that I am not afraid, I'm, I'm not ashamed to identify as a Christian. That's not what he's saying. Are you following what I'm saying? He's actually saying that I am not ashamed to talk about the gospel amongst people who are not bold to talk about the gospel. That's what he's saying. Because in this time, there were a lot of pastors, a lot of teachers and preachers and prophets who were preaching to churches, but not preaching the gospel. What they were preaching is what he called another gospel. So he says now, but I am not ashamed. So 
be, not being ashamed is not about um, carrying your big Bibles like I love to do sometimes. It's not all about that. But not being ashamed is all about staying with the consistency of the message. That's what it says. So now, what is the gospel? What does the gospel reveal? I was asking my friends um, some, some one week ago. And I, I was asking them, what is the most important thing that the gospel tells you? If you want to analyze the gospel, what is the one most important topic that you must talk about when you are analyzing the gospel? So let's go to the next, next verse. It says, for in it. Now, what is the it here now? Talk to me, somebody. For in the gospel, what is that? Righteousness of God is what? Revealed. So, the gospel reveals what? So, that's the gospel. The gospel is what reveals the righteousness of God from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live. For you to be born again, you must live or be born again by faith. Which brings you into the righteousness of God. So, the gospel reveals what? The righteousness of God. For those of you who um, um, went through the teaching, the refinery teaching, how many types of righteousness do we have? How many? How many types of righteousness are there? There are two kinds of righteousness. Where are the graduates? Who are those who are graduating today? How many kinds of righteousness do we have? Or should I ask the teacher? <laughs> we have two kinds of righteousness. But the gospel reveals only one. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? The gospel reveals one type. And neglects the other. So the first type of righteousness is... Righteousness that is produced by the works of the law. And the second kind of righteousness is righteousness that is produced by faith. That's why he says that for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So you see, as a believer, you, when you hear, oh God, I don't want to go ahead, ahead of myself. Romans chapter 10, let me just, all these things I'm sharing with you, they're not in the notes. And, and I just feel I should lay this foundation, okay? Romans chapter 10, quickly from verse 1. Do you have uh, the uh, Living Bible? No. Do you have uh, TL, T, NLT? Do you have NLT? Good. It says, dear brothers, please look at this very carefully. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. Verse 2. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is me directed zeal. <laughs> so I want to talk to all the people who have zeal for God. You have a zeal for God, but you see your zeal has to be according to knowledge. Don't be too zealous. And at the end of your zealousity, 
you have been you are more overzealous. Yeah, you know where you read, you study, and you read, you begin to get degrees, and you get degrees, you get masters, you get super masters, you get PhD, you get you now read, you read, you pass where there's money. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> See, so yeah, there are a lot of people who have so much knowledge, but they are poor. It says, I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. Misdirected zeal. This is the Israelites now. Verse 3. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Now, this is the gospel. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? This is the gospel. He said, refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way. Of getting right with God. By trying to keep the law. You know I told you there are two kinds of righteousness. There's the righteousness that is produced by works. And there's the righteousness of faith. Two types. So let's go. Verse 4. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose. For which the law was given. Now let me explain something. What was the purpose of the law? To make you righteous. Is that correct? You know, there's a difference. Oh, I learned this from my father. He says, there's a difference between sin and transgression. Sin is when you do something wrong. But transgression is when you do something wrong against a law that has a consequence for breaking the law. So the difference between sin and transgression is law. But let me move on. It says, as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. How are you made right with God? Believing. This is God's kind of righteousness. Believing. Faith. Verse 5. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of his commandments. That's Moses now. Verse 6. But faith's way of getting people right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. Meaning that you don't need the physical Jesus for salvation. You're just as close as you're, you're, you're just you're just a faith away. You're just a faith away. You're a faith away. You're not. You don't need Jesus to appear physically to you. You don't need to go to heaven and bring him down for your salvation. You don't need to go to the grave and raise him back for yours. He's not even there. But. You are just a faith away. Or the faith away. Verse 8. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. So God's way of making people right is faith that we preach. Verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all. Somebody say, that's all. that's all. 
Say it loud. Say that's all. You look at a harlot and you tell the girl or the woman that there is nothing you try to do that will please God. Even repenting from harlotry. All you need is to believe in Jesus and you are saved. It is too good to be true. A Boko Haram man who has killed thousands of people walks in here and says, I believe in Jesus. Guess what? His history is gone. Is that not too good to be true? Because the gospel erases your past and gives you a brand new future. Gospel. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Hallelujah. So, you know what people say to us? They say, they say that when we preach this gospel, we give people the license to sin. By saying that when you say it is not your, there's no amount of sin that you commit that can take you out of God's forgiveness and his righteousness. So, they say to us that you're giving people the license to sin. And you know what I say to them? I say, before you heard the gospel, you were already sinning. You already had a license before. You didn't even need a license before. That's one. Then secondly, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is a license to live right. Second Chronicles chapter 12 verse 9. Let me show you something there. Second Chronicles chapter 10 verse 12 verse 9. Use uh, the New King James Version, please. Some Chronicles 12 verse 9, yes, it says, So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took everything. He also carried away what did he carry away? Please look at, look at what the multimedia screen says. Or if you're looking at your scripture, uh, your Bible, what does it say? He also carried away what? Somebody said gold shields. He also carried away gold shields, which Solomon had made. Verse 10. Then King Rehoboam, this is Solomon's son now. King Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place. So what did he replace bronze um, um, uh, gold with? Bronze, right? Okay. And committed them to the hands of the captains of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. So, um, um, gold was replaced for bronze. Now, the Bible uses the word um, gold shields. So, let's use scripture to interpret scripture now. Shield. Um, what other passage of the scripture talks about shield? Um, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 Put on the whole armor of God That you may be able to withstand Against the fiery darts of the enemy Put the helmet of salvation um, The sword of the spirit Shield of what? Faith Breastplate of righteousness Shield of faith Shield of faith Are you following this? Now gold shield 
Gold in the scripture. Anytime you see gold in the scripture, it symbolizes purity. Gold could also mean truth and righteousness. So if you bring gold and shield together, you are talking about um, righteousness by faith. Are you following what I'm saying? So the king or gold was replaced with what? Bronze. So what is the symbol of bronze? Let me show you. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse. Let's do from verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 19. Deuteronomy 28. It says, Cursed shall you be when you come in. And cursed shall you be when you go out. Tell your neighbor he's not talking about me. (laughs) Nah. Verse 20. The Lord will send on you cursing confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly. Jesus. (laughs) Because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. Verse 21. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me. Verse 22. The Lord will strike you with consumption. With fever. With inflammation. With severe burning fever. He he repeated the fever in case you didn't get it. Severe burning fever, sir. So he says, with severe burning fever. With the sword. With scorching. No, he's not talking about me here. (laughs) And with mild dew, they shall pursue you until you pay. Oh God. Keep reading verse 23. Is this judgment? This is judgment, right? This is judgment. And your heavens which are over you shall, over your heads, shall be bronze. This is judgment, bronze. So when you see bronze in the Bible, it symbolizes judgment. That guy took away gold and put bronze. He he brought in a bronze shield. Shield is like faith. He's talking about the kind of faith that will produce judgment. Alright? The type that comes by the law. Because this was the law. Given. So everything you see in the old is a type and shadow of what is in the new. So when you see bronze in the Bible, it's talking about judgment. God knows why he sent Jesus. If you think you can save yourself, then don't be a Christian. Why? Because your salvation does not only Talk about how you get in, but how you also stay in. You are saved by faith. You stay saved by faith. So you you hear some people, some prophets, some apostles. Be careful with titles. You understand? Be careful with titles. People who, who exalt their titles more than their calling. Be careful with them. Be careful with titles. Because... 
um, our end time churches today. Church, I hope you're hearing me. Our end time churches today, um, they make you dependent on the pastors. They make you dependent on the prayer. It's, it's, not, it's not the prayer that saves you. I believe in prayers. You are saved. That's why you should pray. Do you understand the perspective? It's different. Okay, do you go to the bank when there's no money in your account? You know there's no money in your account. Do you go to the bank and say, cashier, um, um, I believe the Lord. <laughs> Can I have my money, please? Which money? The man, the man will actually be patient enough to check the system and if there's no money in your, he will look at you twice. But because you saw an alert, you go to the bank, and you, 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 you know, when we were in school, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't sure because we didn't have all those, um, all that technology where the alert comes in, and we didn't know. So when we're going, we're at the counter, we're looking at the man by his face. We know whether there's money or not. <laughs> <laughs> when the weekly allowance has come and, and you're not sure if it has reflected. For those of you in IU. And you're not sure, you, you, you go to the cashier. But by the time you hear, bam, they stamp it. Oh, praise God. You know? See, you only go to the bank when there is money there. Now, you have been saved. Your account has been credited. So, prayer is like going to the bank to take what is yours. Not going to the bank to take what you don't know you have. You are not, you are not, you're, you're not praying as though you are blind. You're not praying as though you are not aware of the reality of who you are in the spirit. You are praying because you know this is who I am. For example, healing has been provided for you. You are meeting God and you are not saying, God, give me healing. No, you are coming and you are saying, you have already given me healing, so I receive it. If you grow more in the faith, most of your prayers will be thanksgiving. Am I making sense to you? So, when you are fighting battles, you know, there there, there are many, there, there, there are programs release my destiny now or else I die. People exalt the power of, hear me very well, people exalt the power of Satan more than the power of God. You know why? African magic. Our traditional mind that Satan is powerful. How can how can Satan be more powerful than God? Somebody who has been defeated. And they are making you do all those manner of things as though you are engaging in a new battle. It's not a new battle. It's a dawn battle. It's a dawn battle. It's not, it's not a new battle. No. Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. He says, you are more than conquerors because you conquer nothing. 
So, you are above the one that has been conquered because you are a beneficiary of the spoil. Do you understand it? So, when you are praying, pray with understanding. Don't make a pastor make you feel like there is something you need to come and do. You need to show sheet. Look, without your seed, with your seed, God has blessed you already. Now, but listen, when you sow seeds, you sow seeds with the understanding that you already have it, but it's a principle to receive what you have. So, seeds, seed sowing is a principle. Just like tithing is a principle. For those of you who don't tithe, get, get saved now. Get saved now. Our church today has taken away gold shield and brought in bronze shield. False teaching. See, let me let me tell you the meaning of this guy. This guy called um, Shishak, right? Seven Chronicles twelve verse nine. Please, what is the the, the Hebrew meaning of Shishak? Seven Chronicles. Let me use my Strong's Dictionary to tell you what it means. Seven Chronicles, chapter twelve, verse nine. Shishak means this Shishak of Egyptian derivation, an Egyptian king. Shishak means greedy of fine linen. That's the meaning of the name, Shishak. Greedy of fine linen. That's cloth material now. Greedy of fine linen. There is starvation of fine linen. That's the meaning of Shishak. He took away the gold shield. So let's use scripture to interpret scripture. Revelations chapter 19. Verse Let's do verse 7 or verse 6. Revelation chapter 19 verse 6. And I heard as it is read, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. This is talking about the church and Christ. Yeah, because that's why we are called the bride of Christ. Because there's going to be the, um, the uh, consummation of the marriage. Yeah. So he says, and his wife has made herself ready. Verse 8. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Now, I want King James Version. Because this version twats the original intention. So use, give me the real original King James Version. Original. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. You know we saw fine linen. Shishak means the, what is Greedy for linen. That's Shishak. The one who took away gold shield. It says clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. That's what that old man, that's what that guy took, yeah? But you see, the gospel of Jesus Christ 
is about righteousness by faith, which is your platform for every other thing. Now, can I close by saying that before I close, Jude chapter 1 verse 4, or Jude 1 to 4, Jude 1 to 4, Jude 1 to 4, Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Verse 2. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our Lord into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 11. I'm saying all these things to you so that when you go to places or you hear messages, you are, you are aware. Nobody's moving you away from the doctrine of Christ. That's why I'm telling you these things. He says, woe to them for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of God. People who are more consumed about their efforts. What can I do to be at peace with God this week? Really? What can I do to be at peace with God? Do, do, you, know, do you know the reason why some people stay away from God and the things of God? They do that because they feel they have been away for a long time. Or they feel because they didn't do morning devotion. So they have sinned. Morning devotion, really. So morning devotion is stronger than the blood now. Are you joking? Are you making a caricature of what Jesus died for? When Jesus said, I will kill the most expensive sacrifice to make you acceptable to me every time, 247. That whether you are right or wrong, you have access to me. And then you think because of morning devotion. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's the way of Cain. This is have run greedily in the error of Balaam. What is the error of Balaam? Balaam was hired by um, the king, Balak. King of Moab wanted to curse the children of Israel. And he says to me, I'm going to pay you money, prophet. I hope you see, they are, oh God, I don't want to say some things. There are funny things that happen in the church today that makes you discouraged when you hear them. Things that pastors do, prophets do, the so-called prophets and the so-called apostles and pastors what they do to buy your loyalty to make you feel they hear God more than you. We can win by righteousness. The only mediator you have is Christ. You don't, you don't need a channel. Pastor, see for me 
if God is pleased with me. Are you joking? When the Bible says when Jesus died, the veil was torn into two. From top to bottom. Meaning that you have access into the holies of holies. So the access the Pope has is the same access you have. The access the apostle has is the same access that you have. The pastor should not go before you. I have my own race. You will hear what I'm saying, Abby. And you have yours. So the way of Balaam. What is the way of Balaam? They hired the prophet to curse the Israelites. And then the prophet came out. He wanted to curse the Israelites. And then he says, he goes like this. For says the Lord. As he wanted to say, curse shall you be. He began to say blessings. Pastor Chima taught in his church. He says, the curse cannot rest on the blessing. If you put a curse on the blessing, the curse is uncountable. It cannot even sit down. How can you curse what God has blessed? It's not possible. So that's the way of Balaam. He says some people have gone the way of Balaam. Which means that they are taking the place of seeing themselves as cursed when God has already blessed them. Oh God forbid a bad thing. I am not cursed. I am blessed of the most high. The Bible says blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He said blessed be God. Your, your father is blessed. Your God is blessed. If, if, if somebody said please I, I don't, okay I don't want to be I don't want to sound derogatory. I wanted to ask you to give me the name of a poor man so that I say the poor man blesses you. If a poor man blesses you, you cannot be blessed beyond his poverty. Does that make sense? Yeah, you can't be richer because the Bible says the, the less is blessed by the greater. Yeah, so if a poor man blesses you, you cannot be, what I mean blessed, I mean in monetary terms, for example, a poor man gives you money. The money he gave you cannot be more than what he has if you don't have anything. You hear what I'm saying? But if a blessed man blesses you, your father is rich. Say, blessed be God who blessed you with all spiritual blessings. He says, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, I am blessed. Look at another person and slap him a high five. Say, you are blessed. You are blessed. You know what they tell you? You know one of the most popular things that they tell you? In my village, this is the way we are. We are cursed. Excuse me. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. In your village, the ladies don't get married until 40. Excuse me. I have a new father. There's a new bloodline flowing in me. The curse can the curse of my hometown, sunshine, <laughs> cannot rest on the blessing. 
It's not possible. Your priesthood is not a junior one. Are there any junior priests here? Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me. Another junior priest. So far, I have made you kings and priests unto our God. Unto our God. I have made you kings and priests. So, you need to line up and wait for your turn before you see the priest. Oh, you forgot that you are a priest yourself. I have access. I'm not teaching you what is not in the Bible. Be like the Berean Christians. Go and check for yourself what the Bible says. Don't take, you know I read for you Colossians 2.8. The, the philosophies of men. Traditions of men. Those things are doctrines. They are, not, they are not entirely scriptural. Ask questions. Answer your questions with the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Ask questions. Why do I get baptized? Why do I go deep in the water and out? Why? What's the symbol of that? Ask questions. Why do I pay tithe? Ask questions. Why do I confess? Ask questions. Why is Pastor Phil saying that there was no difference between you as a priest? Can you turn the vents on, please? Why is Pastor Phil saying there's no difference between um, the priest in the church and you who have not been called a priest for a long time now? So I'm telling you today, you are a priest. You don't need to wear a collar. You are a priest. You are a priest. Hallelujah. So, the gospel of Jesus is good news. It's a too good to be true news. That your response is, is a lie when you hear it. I thought about it as a child. How can, a, how can I go to heaven? Really? Because I knew me more than anybody. Haven't you asked, if you are very sincere, won't you ask yourself that question? Will I ever make it? Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Will you be ready, ready, ready? (laughs) See, I will not be ready. I am ready already. (laughs) It's not a matter of uh, whether you may be ready. I am ready already. You know why I'm ready? The blood of Jesus has made me ready. That's why I'm ready. The blood has made you ready. Because if you wait, if you wait, you are like the Jews. If you are in the category of people who are fighting with this gospel, you are like the Jews who is waiting for the coming of Jesus. Because they believe that Jesus has not yet come. Most of them. Apart from those who are believers. He said, the Jesus who came is not the Jesus that they are waiting for. Hey, uh. But let me wrap up this thing by saying to you that the gospel that saved you is the same gospel that heals you. Is the same gospel that makes you rich. 
is the same gospel that qualifies you for heaven as long as you believe. Is the, see, is the same gospel that keeps you in the hand of your father. I'm telling you what is not in the Bible. Because the old says that you keep the law and when you have kept the law you have become righteous by the keeping of the law. And then your state of righteousness now by keeping the law qualifies you for a blessing. That's the law. So Jesus now comes and says, you know what? You can't keep the law. Because the purpose of the law was not for you to keep in the first place. The purpose of the law was for you to see that you can't keep it. And you need somebody to do it for you. So Jesus comes now and says, I have become the end of the law for you. So Jesus keeps the law for you. And he gives you righteousness. Galatians chapter 3. From verse 13 and 14. He gives you righteousness. So the righteousness you have is a gift. So people are fighting this thing. It's a gift. Somebody say it's a gift. That's gospel. That's gospel. It's gospel. Romans 5.17 is there. Sorry, hold on. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Jesus Christ. Um, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's. Hold on. What is Abraham's blessings? I'm preaching, don't. <laughs> Abraham's blessing. Abra- Abra- <laughs> Too much is coming out. Abraham's blessing is imputed righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted. Now, it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. That's Abraham's blessing. Abraham did not, he was not in the dispensation of the law. He just believed God and God said, oh, because you believe me, I make you righteous. Abraham was not a good guy entirely. He lied. He went to a king and he said, his babe is his sister. (laughs) And then he told the king, you can take her. She's, you see this guy laugh from inside. She's my sister. And then the king believed that he has hammered. Now, do you know, see, do you know, Sarah was over 90 at the time. But because the promise was on her, a king was falling in love for a 90 year old chick. <laughs> Issues. <laughs> Agabs. <laughs> Why was Sarah over the age of 90 attractive to a king? The promise was on her. I have the promise on me. Slap your neighbor a high five. Say you've got the promise on you. 
That scripture that says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I have a promise on me. So Abraham, Abraham was not entirely a cool guy. He was not entirely straight. He was, Abraham was a timid guy. Really at the age of over 60, he was in his father's house. Until God came and announced with a trumpet, leave <laughs> your father's house to a land I will show you since you can't see. <laughs> Abraham was not a straight guy. Then the Lord revealed to the king, hey, that girl, that 90 year old chick that you are about to touch is not the sister of Abraham. That's the wife of Abraham. <laughs> There's one of our pastors who does that, Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul does that. Any small thing. <laughs> so I would say to him, Pastor Paul, what happened? He said, the way this guy just passed. I said, really? <laughs> really? The way the guy just passed, really? <laughs> For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was use 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 um, NLT or amplified. This gospel must enter your spirit. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God and it was credited to his account as righteousness. What is righteousness? Right living and right standing with God. Righteousness is the ability to stand before God and not feel inferior. That's righteousness. Some people who come before God and they say, oh Lord, you know I'm not like you. You know, you know, you are, you are superior. You know, Jesus is, oh Jesus, I can be like Jesus. When the Bible says, for as he is, so are you. As he is, exactly as he is. So are you. Not a function of what you are doing. Can I shock you? The man who prays, now, I love to pray. Yeah? And I love to read my Bible. I can read my Bible for maybe eight hours in a day, and I don't feel it. See, if you went about in your day, or about your day, not having time to read your Bible, my reading the Bible for eight hours did not make me more righteous than you. But it made me more conscious of who I am and my consciousness determines my reality. Are you following my logic now? So that even though this is who you are, but because of your lack of consciousness of it that you receive from fellowship, and studying the word, you don't leave who you are. You are walking like a woman when you are a guy. Agabs. Sell out. You are walking like a a a a man. Sorry, no, that, that, now I don't that's easy to misunderstand. You are You are stealing when you are not a thief. You are lying when you are not a liar. 
Do you understand it? You are. You know that Jesus, he says, he made him sin who knew no sin. That we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus was not the fornicator, but he became fornication. Jesus was not the sinner, but he became sin. Not because he sinned. Jesus was not a liar, but he became lie. Do you understand it? So, you have now switched identity with him. And you are now righteous. So, you are rich. Not because you have it in your pocket. You are rich because you are rich. And it will show. You are healthy even though you are feeling sick now. Hallelujah. Bow on your heads and give God praise. Give God praise and glory for your righteousness in Christ Jesus. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.